This weekend for our nation is all about remembering those who gave the ultimate sacrifice to provide and protect our freedom. And I am so thankful for those men and women that did that. And if you're part of your family, I would just like to say thank you uh, to you and, and, and what that means and, and probably the pain that is still there. But we are so blessed in that. And one of the, the greatest things, apart from the nation as a family of God, it's not just one weekend a year, but every weekend, as DJ shared with us, we get to remember the ultimate example of the ultimate blessing in Jesus Christ, that he took on our sins and became our willing sacrifice so that we could live. And that's why we celebrate as we share in communion each week, we remember what Christ has done. We proclaim his death until he returns. That's what the word of God says. And he is returning. Amen. Let's give Christ glory for that ultimate sacrifice, what he's done for us. Awesome. I hope you're ready for his return, whether you're watching online, listening on the radio. He's returning. I hope you're ready. We haven't done one thing yet we usually do today, and we purposely led it to this point. Would you stand up and just let someone know you're glad they're here, or, or you better yet say, Jesus is returning. Hey, Jesus is returning. All right, all right, we better get going. I do pray you're ready. Go and have a seat. We're going to dive into God's Word here in a little bit. If you're new to us, if you're a guest, or maybe it's only your first, second time, please, if you've not done this, fill out a Connect card. You can find one on the tables in the wings or in front of you in the pews. Put some of your personal information down, enough so we can get in contact with you maybe by phone or by email. Maybe let us know something we can pray for you about. On the way out, uh, stick that card in the generosity boxes at the exits, or better yet, go to the hub in the back of the sanctuary and uh, meet one of our hosts back there and get to know them. And just, we want to know you. We'll be praying for you. We're so glad you're here. Um, it's good to be here together in worship. This weekend is the official, unofficial start of summer. And we do a lot of cool things on Memorial Day weekend. It's a great time with family, a great time with church family. One of the things, though, happens every summer I want to highlight today is camp. How many of you have ever been to bond camp, maybe as a camper or as a teacher or lifeguard in the kitchen? Raise your hand. We've got a camp manager over here in the past. Camp is amazing. We want to get as many of our students to camp as possible. So if you're kindergarten up through recently graduating high school this past year, there's a camp session for you. And the church wants to partner with you. We'll, we will pay for one session halfway to $100. That covers half of almost every session. It's a great opportunity to see some of the highlighted dates uh, that will be there. But there's really a session going on every weekend. So check out the website at bondcamp.com and make sure your neighbors, your grandchildren, make sure if you're a high schooler, make sure you're there. It's, it's so much of a blessing. Another thing that happens this summer is home groups. If you're a teenager, a, a junior or high school student, man, get to home groups. They are uh, Bible studies in homes, a time of game and fellowship and activities. Junior hires are going to meet on Tuesdays. Senior hires are going to meet on Wednesdays at different houses. You can see the first couple ones are listed there. Watch on social media where you're at each given week. And maybe you're like, I want to host a home group. Man, let Ben Harris know. We'll get you plugged in. Maybe you want to provide uh, snacks or uh, some refreshments or a meal some night. What a great way to invest in the next generation as we continue to grow young. Another thing that's starting uh, for the first time since I've been here, this summer we're going to have a gap class all summer long. 
Uh, we've done this occasionally for weeks at a time. But in June and July, if you are a recent graduate through young adults, you can come to our GAP class. It's going to be right here in room 108, starting at 945. There's going to be different uh, teachers each week. And we're going to, hopefully, we're praying to have relevant lessons based on God's Word for young adults. As well, every Monday, you can go to uh, Brian and Tracy Smith's house as young adults and be in a small group there as well. So a lot of opportunities for our young adults. Also, there's a Sunday school class for every one of you. You're here at 1045, at 945. There's something from birth all the way up to the uh, whatever age you are. There's a class for you. Here's another thing I want to celebrate today. There's a lot going on. Our group that went to Poland landed yesterday. And today, early this morning, like 12 hours ago now, they worshiped with Christians in Poland. And I'm just going to praise God ahead of time for the work they're going to be doing this this uh, week, an upcoming uh, week, and a Poland Christian camp. So let's praise God for that. They are working at a camp that has been housing uh, refugees from Ukraine, and they are kind of repurposing these buildings now again for camp because now the the refugees have temporary housing on site. So they're going to be experiencing a lot right in the middle of what the world is focused on right now in that uh, war over in that area, and they're loving on those people. What a great opportunity. One other thing I want to share with you today, this is from the Bush family. Uh, If you have been around the church for the past, say, five or six decades, you know Frank Bush personally. Uh, But Frank and Marilyn Bush would like to, their family would like to invite you, those who knew him, to their internment at a gravesite service this coming Saturday, June 3rd at 11 a.m. in Mount Vernon Memorial Gardens in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Uh, Frank Bush was a minister here about 50 years ago, and he did tremendous things. I believe he was one of the first uh, ministers that had a vision to display pictures during worship service, and there was a, a rear projection projector right where that sign is there, what I understand, and he would put uh, pictures of Bible uh, characters and, and verses up on the screen. He was creative at sharing the gospel uh, 50, 60 years ago, and I want to praise God for the Bush's ministry here at Greenville First Christian Church. Let's give God glory for that. With all of that said, and there was a lot, who is ready to dive into God's Word today? Okay, all right. Half of you, all right. Let me put it this way. Who is ready to be encouraged and strengthened by the power of God's Word today? Oh, yeah. A little bit better. Now, answer this question for me. Who is ready to be challenged and maybe have their toes stepped on by God's Word today? Okay. Who is ready to let God's word win in their life? Amen. Okay. We talked last week about this reality that the word can't win unless you let it in. And that that seems like a children's saying, but it's so true. Dive in with me to John chapter 11. If you grab a Bible around you, it's on page 897. We're going to be in the almost the entirety of John chapter 11. So a lot that we're going to study today in an amazing story of the power of Jesus and how the word can win and, and offer a breakthrough. Last week, we, we had this reality that it can win in wild ways. There was an elderly woman who was a faithful follower of Christ who let the word win in a very wild way one night. She got home from church. She was at a uh, kind of like a, a, a revival setting. They were worshiping and studying the word together. She got home relatively late. 
She walked into her house without turning lights on, and she walked into the living room like she always does, and there, right before her, was this man, um, an intruder, holding a lot of her valuable possessions. His hands were full, and she shouted out, and in a moment's notice, she said, Stop! Acts 2.38, repent. And to her surprise, the guy did not move. I mean, he, he stopped right in his tracks. She calmly called the police and, and said she had an intruder. And within a, a minute or two, the police officer there, he was right in the, in the neighborhood. And uh, the police officer, as he was cuffing this intruder, says, why did you freeze? All she did was shout scripture at you. What, what's going on? What, why did you just stand there? He goes, scripture? She shouted she had an ax in 2.38s. I wasn't moving. Now, you may have heard that one before. That, that's a wild way to stop a break-in. Today, we're going to look at God's amazing wild power for you to have a breakthrough through his word. Now look with me to John chapter 11, starting with verse 1. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, listen to this. This was chapter 11, verse 2. Mary's the one who poured perfume over Jesus' feet, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, they sent a message to Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I'll read that again. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Did you catch the in-between moment? Remember last week we introduced this concept of in-between? In-between represents the place where you are and the time it takes to get to where you want to be. These women knew that their brother was ill. He was dying. And the in-between was elongated because Jesus chose to stay away. There's a lot of things about this text that make sense to me. But some of it just is not logical. The, the in-between is that moment you send a message to God. God, I need your help. You're, you're praying, okay? Uh, there's this song, I only ask for help, and on the radio right now, and it says, I need one now. There's a moment where you need a, a prayer, an answer prayer, and then the in-between, when you're waiting for a miracle, and nothing happens. Don't miss this. In this in-between moment, nothing's happening, Jesus is purposely staying away. It just doesn't seem right. There, there's things about this that seems right. Lazarus, I want you to know a little bit about him. His name literally means God is my help. Mary, his sister, is, is the one who anointed Jesus' feet with perfume and wiped it with her hair. She's very much spiritually aware and attuned. She's a great listener. And Martha is the sister that kind of gets things done. I've always thought of her as like the great host you know, she's the one that made the best fried chicken in town. If she's that type of girl, she, she gets things done. And they say, hey, Jesus, the one you love is sick. The scripture tells us that he loved them and yet he stayed away. Why? Why did he stay away? It, it says so that they would believe later. It says that there was a purpose in this. Spoiler alert, Lazarus dies. Jesus stays away long enough that Lazarus goes from being sick 
to dead. And in between, it's very difficult, in between where they want to be, Lazarus being healed, they don't get what they want at all. He dies. And this is a tough place. But process this. The scriptures makes it clear that he loves them, so he stays away. The time where Jesus stays away, there's a purpose, though. It's longer than they wanted. The in-between is often uh, very painful for us, but I want you to think about this. In the in-between, once again, is where God often does his best work in our lives and in our hearts. The the in-between is where belief in Christ is often built, where we truly become faithful followers. Uh, Sometimes the in-between is not very long. Remember last week, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years? Just even as she touched Jesus, she was healed like that. As she reached out to Jesus, the in-between was taken away. Remember uh, Jairus, his daughter was raised from the dead like that when Jesus said, get up. Remember two weeks ago, the leper, uh, as soon as Jesus commanded that he be healed, he was healed. But yet these people that he loved waited. And this would have been painful. Here's the reality. We, We don't like to wait. We like the story of just touching Jesus' clothes and everything being fine. And yet these people that he loved dearly waited. Some of you here today need to hear this because you have been crying out to God for a long time. And you're in this in-between and it just gets longer and longer and longer. I want you to know this. It's not even in my notes, but this is hitting me right now. He loves you even in the in-between. Sometimes, because he loves you, he lets the in-between grow. I wonder here who today would rather be comfortable, but you're in the in-between and you're growing. The breakthrough isn't that you just have things fixed in your life. The breakthrough that Jesus is looking for you to have is that you trust him even when he doesn't do what you want. Jesus loved them, and he loved them, and he didn't answer their prayer right off the bat. We want to get where we're comfortable, and Jesus wants to get us where we trust him. I wonder who this applies to today. This reality that, that we want to get to where we're comfortable. Go ahead, there's a slide for that. I don't, I've been maybe skipping around. But we want to get to the point where, where we trust him. But that's what this book is all about. Not only the word of God, but the book of John. Listen to what John says about his gospel. It says this in John 20, verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. What what John here is saying, Jesus did a lot of miracles, and I didn't write them all down, but here's the ones he wrote down. Look what it says. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John here is declaring the whole purpose of what Jesus did in this miracle. The whole reason he wrote this entire gospel is that we would believe in the name of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they they wrote other portions down. They often did it in very chronological order. But John wrote it differently. He did it in uh, in, in such a way that he wants us to trust who Jesus is, not just in what he does. We would be confident in who Christ is as Lord even when he stays away for a long time. So let me ask you this. Is Jesus your Lord? You're like, yes. So let me ask you this way. Are you confident in Christ? 
So, so I really want some participation here. If today on this sunny uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, Sunday morning where things are beautiful, raise your hand if you're confident in Christ. Raise your hand. I want to be confident in Christ. This is who I am. I want to be. Congratulations. It's, you've done it. You've said you're confident. Now, let me ask you this. Are you confident in Christ when you ask him for something and he says nothing? Are you confident in Christ when you make a request and he seems to ignore it? Are you confident in Christ when you ask for life, but death comes and it's with someone you love? That is where God is growing our faith and our beliefs in this story and in your heart today. He wants us to trust him even when he doesn't because he's worthy of trust. Look what it says again in verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. If you're waiting today and it feels like you've been waiting a long time, he loves you. Look what it says in verse 6 then. Because he loved them, so when he had heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed away two days longer in the place where he was. Verse 7. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews... We're just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again. So they said, why are we going to this place? Um, Bethany was about two miles outside of Jerusalem where the, the leaders are rallying support to kill Jesus, and the disciples are like, why do we even want to go back there? They're wanting to, to stone you. They're wanting to kill you. Look what Jesus says. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. They're like, Jesus, we ask you for going to, to Bethany, not how many hours are in the day. He's like, what are you talking about? But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. I mean, they're being optimistic. They're thinking that he's sleeping, he's resting. It's just like you're going to go in the hospital. You need good rest to recover. They're like, if he's sleeping, this is a good sign. He'll wake up and he'll be strong. But look what it says. Now Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He said, you guys are missing what's going on. Uh, our friend is dead. But look what it says in verse 15. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin. This is also the guy we know as Doubting Thomas. Said, let us also go that we may die with him. And I think at that point, the other disciple says, you guys can go by yourself. If you, if you guys all want to die. Uh, the disciples are all over the place. They think he's sleeping. Jesus says he's dead. And then Thomas says, I'll die too. It's weird. But the strangest thing of it all, in the midst of saying he's walking in light in 12 hours of day, the strangest thing is, I've stayed away, and I'm glad about it. Jesus says, I know our friend's now dead, and I'm glad that I wasn't there so that you may believe. Guys, here's what I want you to see. In the in-between, God is often working us so that we'll believe. The type of belief that Christ is calling us to means that we would know he could do anything and trusting in him even when he doesn't. 
I know there's been places where at the end of the in-between, you've got the, the bad outcome. You've got the wrong outcome. Here, here's the test of a faithful father of Christ. Even when you get the, the bad outcome, even when things don't go your way, you would say, I trust you no matter what. No matter if you do or don't, I trust you because who you are. See, there's a reality that we're in this breakthrough series, and we can look at a lot of miracles in the Bible and be like, well, I want that breakthrough. I want that breakthrough. I want that breakthrough. Sometimes the breakthrough we want never happens. Amen? Has anybody ever can relate to this? So you've had moments where what happened was bad? The answer is yes, we've all been there. And Jesus says, I've allowed this to happen so that you may believe, so that your faith would grow. Let's be honest, in those moments, in the in-between, when things are bad, it just doesn't feel right. I wonder how many of you right now have something in the world right now, something in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your faith, that it just feels off. It just feels wrong. It just, something's out of sync. It doesn't feel right. Uh, let me ask you this. Raise your hand if you can tell in this world there's just something that's off. Something just feels wrong in this world. We have been waiting in the in-between since Jesus went to heaven and the day of Pentecost, coming, which, which we're uh, celebrating today, the Holy Spirit came. We have been waiting in the end time since Jesus left us until he returns. And it feels off. There's things that don't just feel right, especially when loved ones die. My uncle died this week, and, and I didn't know my uncle that well. I loved him. But, but it feels off when I see my dad weeping for his brother. It just doesn't feel, I've seen families weeping for the loss of a child recently. I've seen a, a, a son this week, and we need to pray for Bill and his family. He lost his mom in a fire this week. It's wrong. And what do you do with the in-between? You commit to say, you're God even when you do and when you don't. In those moments, I'm encouraging you through the word to believe, to submit to his authority. That's why last week I ended the message with this verse I want to give to you in your heart again. If you're in Christ, you belong to him, Colossians 2 says. You belong to him. If you've been saved by Jesus, you belong to him. You have been made complete in him. He is the ruler over every power and authority. And so in that, even when things don't go our way, even when things end up bad as we think it, he is still the authority. He's still king. He's still Lord. And we see Mary and Martha do that. We're going to look at their story. We choose to praise him and follow him because he is Lord. It doesn't mean I understand it. It doesn't mean I agree with it. It doesn't mean I don't hurt for my dad and his family this week. It doesn't mean I, I don't hurt for, for Bill and the family that lost that little toddler boy recently. It, it means I'm frustrated and I hurt, but Jesus is still king. That's what Mary and Martha did. Look, look at verse 17. And when Jesus came, he's going to Bethany, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. He's been dead for four days. Jewish culture said that if, if you were dead one day or two days, the spirit was still often around and that there was always hope of maybe a resurrection. But, but after the third day, not only did the body stink, but the spirit was gone. That was the Jewish culture. And Jesus knew that he'd been gone four days. He stayed away that long on purpose because it was over for Lazarus. Look what it says. 
Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. He could have been there so quick, but he wasn't. He stayed away on purpose. And many of the Jews had already come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, he went and met him. But Mary uh, remained seated in the house. Now, there's a lot to this. Reading in between the lines, this is my opinion. Jesus had purposely drug his feet to go be with his family. In their eyes, he could have done so much more. In, in their eyes, he missed the mark of saving the day. Up until this point in Scripture, we see that they were always welcoming of Jesus into their house, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They, they, he would always go there and eat and hang out and kind of be refreshed uh, and relaxed for ministry, and then he'd go back out and do ministry. On this day, Martha hears that Jesus is coming, and she is like, this is my opinion. Oh, no, you stayed away two extra days. You're not coming to my house. I'm going to meet you at the edge of town, and I'm going to let you know my mind. She was frustrated, and I would suggest mad. We sent a message. We needed a miracle, and you stayed away. What's going on? And here's what happens in the text. Look what it says in verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I think everybody had been saying that for four or five days. If Jesus would come here, he wouldn't die. He wouldn't die. If Jesus was here, he wouldn't die. Even though she's frustrated, know what she does. She declares him still Lord. But look what it says. Lord, she calls him Lord. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. He calls him Lord again. She calls him Lord again. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is coming into the world. She is saying, when you do or when you don't, you are still my Lord, and I trust you. No matter what happens or what, no matter what doesn't, you're my Lord. I suggest that she met him at the edge of town. She was very, very much frustrated about the situation. You might be frustrated about your situation today. And you're meeting Jesus kind of at the edge. You're not sure if you can trust him anymore. You're not sure if he has the power. But here's what we can learn from Martha. In your frustration, commit to stay faithful. When bad things happen, be ready to proclaim what you believe about Jesus always. And we see her do it twice. Lord. She proclaims Jesus Lord even as she is very much hurt, very much disturbed. We have all been told for years, seeing is believing. What, what I notice here in Scripture is for Mary... And Martha, what we're going to notice is uh, seeing isn't believing because they didn't see a miracle. They believed and then they saw what God would do. So for most of us, seeing is believing. But for them, believing turned into seeing. Lord, you didn't do what I wanted, but I still believe. Here's the reality. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what you're wanting. My encouragement would be to you, God is going to work in growing your faith. So here's the main point of the message. If you want a breakthrough in the in-between, believe. Whether it's something you've been waiting on for two days or for two years or your entire life, continue to believe because God has the power to break through. Even when the breakthrough looks totally different than what you wanted, he can change your life. During the in-between, believe. And here's what we can also learn from Mary. Notice this. During the in-between, be willing to worship as you wait. Look, look at the text. Look at verse 28. 
when she had said this, talking about Martha, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher's here and is calling for you. So she, Martha went all the way back home, and there's all these people that have come there to comfort them and to, uh, uh, to give them advice concerning the brother. And Martha says, hey, Mary, Jesus is talking about you. He wants to see you now. Now Jesus had heard, excuse me, now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met, had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Everyone thought she was going to the tomb. You know where she was going to see? Jesus. I think much like Martha, she wanted to see Jesus. No, Jesus was still where, Mary, where Martha left him. Here's one thing about Jesus. He's not going to push his way in further than you're ready. But Mary and Martha were both allowed to come to Jesus and invite him in. Look at verse 32. Now when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Same thing Martha said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews that had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and greatly troubled. His heart was broken in this. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the English Bible is this, Jesus wept. He was grieving as he saw death come onto this family. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them doubted. Look what it says. Some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of a blind man also keep this man from dying? What can we learn from Mary? Is during this in-between, be willing to worship as you wait. Notice, as she went out to the edge of town, she fell at his feet uh, uh, and began to, to, just to, to kneel before him. And she declared, just as Martha did, that he is Lord. Here's a temptation. When you're in between, when you're in the in-between and things are really bad, our temptation is to, to draw away and withdraw from the church and even from Jesus. Because we don't know if we can trust him. You, you haven't done what I ask. Why, why am I going to come to you? I'm a little frustrated with you. I'm a little upset. You, you, you don't want me in your life. You're not helping, so I'm just going to stay away. That's not what Mary did. She falls at his feet and declares he's Lord. When you're in, in between and you're waiting, be willing to worship. I'm probably speaking to the choir for the most of you on Memorial Day weekend. I applaud you for being here when everything's busy. But there was a season when church culture and Christians around the world during COVID and things were a mess and the in-between and it lasted more than a year and we didn't know what to do. The temptation was to not do what Mary did, but withdraw from family, from friends, to go to isolation and, and step outside the church. And even worse than that, step outside of trusting Jesus. Guys, as we wait, when things are out of control, uh, don't step away from him, but come to him and, and bow before him on your knees and say, Lord, I trust you. And you don't need a church building. You don't need hundreds of people to do that. But the worst thing I heard about COVID was there were people who not only came to church, but they didn't open their Bible, uh, pray, or, or worship for over a year. They just got out of the habit because they had removed themselves from that. Guys, when we're oppressed, and I think it's coming again in some way, and we're going to be tempted to withdraw, run to Jesus. Fall at his feet, whether it's in this building or your bathroom. Make sure you're getting on your knees saying, Jesus, you're the Lord no matter what. And while I've been praying and the in-between is longer and longer and longer and weirder and weirder and weirder, I will follow you. 
says Jesus stayed away so they would believe. I wonder at times if he doesn't let things happen in our world today so that we would really believe instead of just get what we want. Jesus is with you. Uh, notice this, we can learn from him. He's with you and his compassion is, is on you during the in-between. He saw Mary, saw the Jews, and then he, his heart was broken and he wept. You may feel like he doesn't care. He does. Probably the most valuable thing if you're hurting today is the fact that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and he loves you. And he's willing to engage. They both said the same thing. Okay, they met Jesus at the edge of the, the city and they said, if you had been here, our brother would be alive. And then Jesus asked him two questions, different questions. Jesus asked Martha, do you believe? And she says, yes, I believe you're the son of the living God. He asked Mary a different question. Where have you put his body? Now, most of us don't have a body we're dealing with, but we've got a place like that where that body is. It's the darkest place you can imagine. It's that place where your questions are real. It's that place that's heavy. It's that place you can't carry on your own. It's that place that you have been asking for help for so long and nothing's happened. Jesus says, where's that place? He says, I want to go with you there. So this morning, if you've been holding a place in your life that's too heavy for you, Jesus is asking, where's that place? I will go with you there. I'm ready to meet your needs in your darkest places, your darkest moments. Can you imagine as Mary takes Jesus to where they put his body? And Jesus says, I want to go there with you. Can you imagine what that was like to be with the one that could change everything? That same Jesus still lives and he wants to go to you, with you to your place. Watch this scene from a clip from the Jesus film about Jesus going to this dark place. Deeply moved once more, Jesus went to the tomb, which was a cave with a stone placed at the entrance. Take the stone away. That would be a bad smell, Lord. He has been buried four days. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? took the stone away. Jesus looked up. I thank you, Father, that you listened to me. I know that you always listen to me. But I say this for the sake of the people here so that they will believe that you sent me. After he had said this, he called out in a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. Listen to the text. When he said these things, that's what he was asking God. He was saying, God, I'm going to do this so they can believe. I'm, doing, I'm talking to you so they can hear. When he said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips 
and his face was wrapped with cloth, Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. Jesus stayed away longer. The in-between grew so that people believed, so that, so that he could die, so that he could be brought out of the tomb. Can you imagine him coming out of the tomb and having his legs and arms wrapped with strips of cloth? I mean, he could barely move. Um, it, it would have been a weird sight. And Jesus declared immediately, hey, free him. He's been set free. He's alive. I can't help but wonder today that some of you have been set free in the power of Jesus a long time ago, but you're still wrapped up with burden and sin. Listen to these words of Jesus. Be set free and move. You know what holds us back often? Sin. Even though we're forgiven, if you, if you received Christ at a young age and you were baptized and your sins were forgiven, we, we so uh, willingly will allow sin to hinder us down again. Be set free of that. Know you're forgiven today. But the biggest breakthrough for someone here is to have life even though death is among you. And if you're a, a, not a believer, if you've never accepted Christ your, uh, as a Savior, you're headed to death. But today, much like Lazarus came out of the tomb, you can have life and life eternal if you have this breakthrough from believing in the in-between as we wait, believe. The breakthrough you need is believing in and being saved by him. He's the one that can give life. So let me ask you what he asked Martha. Do you believe? There is no salvation. You can go to the baptistry today and be baptized. And if you don't believe, you might as well just have a, a, a bar of soap and some shampoo because you're just going to get wet. Do you believe? Martha says, I believe that you're the Lord, the son of the living God. Is that what you believe about Jesus? That he's the Lord, your savior? Keep believing no matter what. You may say, I've been trying to believe for a long time. And I've been held back. It feels like I've wrapped up. It feels like I can't move forward. If, that, if you're that person that is trying to, to step forward and things are holding you back, you just need to declare, Lord, I don't understand this. It's frustrating, but I trust you. I trust you when you do, and I trust you when you don't because you are Lord and you're my Savior. Would you stand with me as we begin to sing? If you have a decision to make today, we ask that you would come forward. The very first thing we're going to lead you to do is declare, while I may not understand this, I'm trusting that Jesus can and will. And I believe in him even if he doesn't. Because there's going to be a day where we all face death and those that believe will live even though they die. Father in heaven, help us to be faithful. Help us to believe. Help us to have a breakthrough that doesn't make us just comfortable that makes us confident that we can live for an eternity through Christ, your son. In his name we pray. Amen.